0: Get going. That's good. How's the day been? We're awake. Ready to learn. What are we here for? Jesus. The heaven. did for <laughs> how, how cool is the name of this? this what <laughs> heaven? <laughs> I, I feel like we just have to, be able to say that just to get it out. Oh, That's I the like, what the hell? Say what the hell? There you go. So yes, we are going to explore this question of what the heaven? What is heaven? So my desire in this seminar isn't to either send you to heaven or to you know, help you to know exactly what heaven is. I just want to basically expand your thinking, get you to start thinking in terms of what we're talking about when we're talking about heaven. I wonder if you already have a picture in your mind of 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 heaven. Why don't you just chat to the person next to you quickly? What do you think of when you think of heaven? (laughs) Have, drink, drink. Like the start of the Do we have anyone that wants to kind of just shout out or say what the picture of heaven is that they have? Yep. Golden clouds. Gold and clouds. Golden clouds or gold and clouds? Gold and clouds. Gold and clouds. Gold and clouds. Great. Anyone else have that kind of a picture when they think heaven? What other what other pictures clouds. we have? Like golden streets. Golden streets. Rainbows. Brilliant rainbows. rainbows. Yeah, it's, it's like this awesome throne room with God in it. Yep, awesome throne room with God in it. Yeah. What, anything else? Angels. Angels. Work <laughs> <laughs> like what? Also, like like when I think of oh, heaven, yeah. I think of ladders. Ladders? Because, like, Jacob was chilling in the water behind the ladder. Jacob's ladder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> right. Any anything else? Gates, holy gates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, for heaven? Food. Food. That's mm-hmm. good. Banquet. banquet. <laughs> I <else>. like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we when we come to think about heaven, I think it's helpful for us to take our view of heaven from what the Bible says about heaven, um, because that is what teaches us about heaven, and that picture, that kind of picture is kind of roughly what the Bible says in some ways, except the Bible doesn't really say anything about clouds and kind of that type of thing. But you can see where you get that from the Bible. So what I want to start with is start with this picture of heaven that the Bible starts with. And actually, the Jewish conception of heaven where it talks about heaven, there's three different heavens kind of that we kind of mesh together. So the first heaven is um you know if this is if this is earth and that's my house thank you small <laughs> and the first heavens is is this heavens so what's in the what's in the first heavens is this heavens up here where the clouds are and the the rain falls from the heavens and the birds fly around in the heavens so that's the first heavens the second heavens is this heaven up here that is the, the stars and the moon's up there and the sun's up in the heavens and all the other planets up in, in space in, in the heavens, which is the heavens above the heavens. And then the third heavens is this heaven up here. And this is where the. Oh, <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> this, is, this is the throne of God. That's where the throne room of God is and and up there are angels and um, and so that's kind of that's God's throne room and that's that's the heavens above the heavens, above the heavens. This is kind of this Jewish conception of 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 heaven. And with this Jewish conception of heaven that the Jews kind of thought about when they when we look at the old testament they brought this conception of heaven to their view of the world. And so Jesus is born into the world, isn't he? Into this conception of what we're talking about, what we're talking about when we're talking about heaven. These kind of three heavens. And we hear, we read it in the Gospels, you probably read this if you've read through any of the stories about Jesus, is that he came proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. He came he came proclaiming the kingdom of heaven and one of the first things that he comes saying in in Matthew's gospel he says now I wants to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand the kingdom of heaven is near and then throughout his ministry he uses this phrase over and over again particularly in Matthew's gospel the kingdom of heaven is at hand king and it's actually, in other Gospels, it's described as the kingdom of God is at hand. Two, two of the same thing. So kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, when you read that, it's talking about exactly the same thing. It's just two ways of saying the same thing. We're talking about this heaven. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven come down to earth. That heaven where God is king, where everything that God wants done is done, has come down to earth with Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is basically where um, God's effective rule happens in everything. So what what God wants done up here is done. What God wants done down here, well, it's not always done. Some of it's done, but we do all sorts of things that maybe if God was making the call, he wouldn't be doing. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then he describes what the, the kingdom of heaven is like. He says it in whole lot of different pictures. Here's a few of them. In, through, going throughout Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And he tells a story about that seed. He paints this picture of what heaven is like. The, then he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, this tiny little seed. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. He, just, he, he uses these pictures of heaven and then tells stories. Or I'm just going to go through all these pictures. He says that he, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who's seeking beautiful pearls. He says that the kingdom of heaven was like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind of fish. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, he brings out old things and he brings out new things. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. He says that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyards. Then he tells a story about that. He says the kingdom of heaven is about a certain king who arranged for a marriage for his son. He says the kingdom of heaven... Is like a man traveling from a far country who called his servants and delivered goods to them. And we read this picture and go, okay, Jesus, well, that doesn't really help us. <laughs> because there's this uh, like, there's this story like like, there's just all these pictures about what the kingdom of heaven is like. But what is heaven? What are you talking about Steve? He goes on and teaches about heaven the disciples come in and say can you teach us to pray because we can see that there's something that happens when you pray where there's this connection with heaven there's connection with God that we don't experience and we want that and so what does Jesus do when he teaches his disciples to pray he teaches them to pray to their father in heaven our father in heaven hallowed be your name. That's just an expression of praise. Praise you. You're God in heaven. i are going to praise you. Your kingdom come. That is, the kingdom that's in the heavens, what God wants done. Bring it to earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Would you have leadership? Would you have ownership? Would you have rulership amongst us? Would your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven? Would your desires be our desires? And then what Jesus does in his life is he basically expresses that throughout his life. What it's like to be in God's kingdom, for God's rule to happen on earth. Jesus comes bringing God's will, God's desires on earth. How does he do that? He does that in a number of different ways. He does that when he heals. So when he heals, he brings something of what it's like in heaven to earth. He forgives people of their sins. He frees people from this bondage that we have, this guilt that people live with. He provides for people's immediate needs with food. He values those in society who are left out. People who are shut shut out of society, Jesus says, I value you. You have dignity. There is worth in you that can't be replaced with something else. Jesus brings these glimpses of restoration and reconciliation and renewal and transformation that is a reflection of what it's like in heaven. He talks about, when it comes to earth, earth being about a present age, this age that we're in now. He says... We are in this present age at the moment, but there is a future age to come. And that future age is about heaven becoming reality here. And so he says this. He says, here's a present age. And Jesus comes into this present age. And he says, there's a future age to come. Like this and what Jesus does when he comes to earth is he actually starts to move these two ages together and so instead of being like that it becomes like this Jesus coming is this beginning of this future age and what we see when, coming, when He heals people is we see this part. What we see when He forgives people is this part, this future coming into our present brokenness. What happens when he, when he releases people from bondage, from demon possession, from um, unforgiveness, He brings something of this future age that He says is coming into the present moment. You could look at it this way, that he says this is the present age and when he comes he brings something new and he brings this future age into our present and it's kind of like these two ages that, that run alongside each other that begin when Jesus comes to earth. And what happens when he lives on earth is he starts to show us something of what that age is looking like. And then he dies and inaugurates this kingdom of God on earth more now. But we still live in this present age at the same time. There's still brokenness. There's still difficulty. There's still disease. There's still war. There's still all this stuff that we have to live with that isn't part of this future age. But Jesus has begun this future age, and he says that when he comes a second time, he says, I'm coming again, what he will do is he'll stop this and it will just be part of the future age. And this is what he's saying heaven is. He's saying it's where God's reign and God's rule is fully present to us, is, is right with us right now. It's no longer just glimpses, it's no longer just foretastes, it's, it's, it's the real thing. And we live right here, in this middle bit, where it's, we, can, we, we know something of it. We can see something of it. It gives us a longing for what's going to come. So when we see healing, we, when we experience fullness of life, when we experience full joy, when we see love as expressed genuinely, see seeing glimpses of heaven. Heaven's about living full life. That's what Jesus says. He says he comes to give life and give to the full. And that's actually what heaven's about. So what really, another way of looking at it, again, just some diagrams for you to try, try to get these concepts into your mind. What Jesus says is that when he comes again with these three heavens, he says these three heavens actually get merged into one. And Jesus talks about this new heavens and a new earth. He says that the current earth will dissolve away. current heavens will be made new as well. And there's this new heavens and this new earth where God is at the centre. And then we live as part of this new heavens and this new earth around God. It's these three heavens brought into, into one. And we get um, some pictures of this in the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 3. I just want to go through a few few of these biblical pictures and then we might um, have some questions as we um, to explore it further. 2 Peter 3 verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And that's that day when Jesus comes back again become like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it, that's all the brokenness that we see on the earth, will be exposed. Since all these things are going to be dissolved, the writer asks, what sort of people ought you to be in life? He says we should live lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for the hastening and the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for this new heavens and this new earth in which righteousness dwells. That word righteousness is a big way of saying in a place where everything is right. Everything is just as it should be. Where we don't look at things around us and go, this sucks, this is hard, things are broken, things aren't right around us. Where we're crippled ourselves by sin and difficulty and things that come up against us, where we see around us, look look at the world at the moment, we see war and the effect of a bad use of power. And righteousness is where things are right because God's effective reign and rule happens in everything. And so the writer in one Peter says to her, "says What should we do now, then? Well, we should live in holiness and godliness. What does that mean it means we should reflect that future reality now in the world? This new heavens and this new earth." I think we sometimes think of heaven as kind of this thing off in the clouds and it becomes all ephemeral and um, not grounded in flesh and blood reality. But actually, the new heavens and the new earth is, is physical. It's a physical place with physical bodies in which we're no longer constrained by our brokenness and by sin. Revelation 21 is another picture of this heaven. Verse 1 to 4. Then I saw, the writer, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So actually in this Jewish conception, they describe this as a sea. It's another, another um, thing we can talk about if you've got questions about it later, but that's what we're talking about when we have this Jewish inception. It's a sea, the waters above the water. <coughs> this sea will be no more. Um, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, the place of God's dwelling, that is, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. It's like this big celebration, this beautiful movement of heaven down to to earth and I heard a loud voice from the throne, from the throne of God saying, behold the dwelling place of God is with man, he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be as their God and in this place he will wipe away every tear from their eye and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more. For the former things have passed away. He's doing away with everything that's wrong, everything that's bad, everything that's doing damage in our world. So what does he describe, what does he say, is in this heaven? It's this, it's God at the centre. God is the epitome of goodness. When God creates the world, what does he say it's good? because it reflects Him. Everything that is good in life, that'll be there. It's in heaven. That's what heaven is. It's God's goodness, seen and experienced and it's full. What's in heaven? It's bodies. People, physical. I'm gonna be there, but it's not the bodies we have now that waste away and have disease and difficulty and die. It's new bodies. What does that look like? I have no idea. I just know it's different. When Jesus is raised from the dead, they recognise him as a man. They don't think like oh, some spiritual being. They touch him. He eats. But he's somehow different. Somehow not quite the same. And what else is in heaven? Fullness of joy. This is the picture of banquet. It's just this massive celebration. It's just like, if you've experienced some taste of joy on earth, and you're like, this is the way that things should be, just multiply that. It's just like, this, it's everything you could dream of. What isn't in heaven? Our brokenness. The sin that we carry around in our bodies. Sickness, death, pain, and suffering. C.S. Lewis, have, is, if you want to read up more on heaven, C.S. Lewis is a place to go. He has beautiful pictures of heaven. I'll explain two of them in a minute. But he says this in another book of this, near Christianity. He says, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. It's the same thing that Jesus says. If your desires can't be fulfilled here fully, it's because there's a a future age that is breaking in. That's the future that we long for. And the Bible writers say as well, Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Our bodies will be transformed into his glorious body. This word glory, I think, is a key one when we think of heaven. And the word glory is actually a word that describes a heaviness, a weightiness, a groundedness, a reality. C.S. Lewis in one of his pictures of heavens takes takes this this word, and he kind of builds this picture around, it, he writes a book around it called The Great Divorce. It is a brilliant read if you want to look at it more than read that book. And he describes heaven as this true reality. So we would see reality here as as you know physical, and C.S. Lewis says that's it's not really the true reality, it's just a reflection of the true reality. It's, it's like a shadow where we see goodness and beauty in the world, they're, they're copies of a real goodness. And the truth and beauty in heaven is deeper and richer and bigger than everything we see. In the Great Divorce, the beginning of it begins off with people getting on this bus in this boring place, this dismal, grey, dark city. And these people get on this bus and They travel on this bus and this bus kind of starts driving away and then it takes off into the air. And as these people are on this journey, on this bus, they look around and they realise that they're actually ghosts. They thought they got on as physical, but they on this bus, they realise actually they were ghosts. And they go on this bus up in through the clouds. and, And as they're driving on this bus, things just start to become bigger and bigger and bigger, and as they go things become bigger, they realize that they're basically transparent, and they get to this place, and the bus stops, and they get off the bus, and their bodies kind of have inflated to the size of things here, which is like, it's like a, a pebble on, on Earth. Like, they've just gone, mass is massive where they've come to. And they get off and they're like inflated in this place but they're like massive balloons and the grass that is under their feet, they can't press down the grass, it doesn't do anything. In fact, it's sharp under their feet and, and it hurts to walk on because they're kind of just these empty vessels. And as they stay in this land, there's these heavenly beings, these spiritual bodies that start coming towards them. It's the spiritual bodies that are the ones that are the ones with the real weight. They're full of weight and life and energy and joy. And as they begin to connect with these people, they begin to be filled with the same goodness that these people have, God's divine being. Because God is more solid than anything on earth in this picture. And so these people are more solid, they're more real. And now more human than anything that they had on earth as a human being. And these ghosts on the edge of heaven are given the ability to be filled and to, to go further in to this heaven. I think sometimes we think of spiritual creatures, angels or saints or even God in heaven as, as airy beings with, with no substance, with, with no solidity. But C.S. Lewis says actually things are the other way around. That where they go, where the shadows of this true reality that we're going to become part of and our world is just a copy. Of the real world to come. So it's like a, a, like a landscape painting compared to the real landscape before us. That little one time experience. That, isn't that picture beautiful? He gives another picture in another book. I'll quickly just paint this one for you as well because it's, it's equally amazing and it's in his Narnia series. I don't know if anyone here read the Narnia yes. series. brilliant. So, it's in, <laughs> in, in the final battle, so the last of the series. And it's right at the end, but you have to read the whole book. Don't just go to the end of the book because the way that he sets it up is incredible. But these friends of Naya are entering into heaven. And when they get there, they kind of haven't even realized that they've left the old world because they look around and everything looks like Narnia. And then they're there for one, and they look a little closer and it's like the old one, but it's different in ways that they almost kind of describe it. It's kind of, it's it's fuller, it's bigger, not in terms of size, but it's, it's more complete than the Narnia they had been in. One of them describes it as more of the real thing. And because it's more real than the world they've been in, everything in it means so much more to them. They experience it in, in such a more real and full and joyful way. Since Lewis describes current Earth, where Shadowlands, he says we're moving to this glorious reality of flowers in which God invites us constantly to go further up and further into the reality of who is, to enjoy him forever. It's a beautiful picture. The way things should be. And it's the reality that God invites us toward. And I think one of the dangers of this picture of heaven with beauty that it kind of paints and for me it goes up I want that, I'm longing for that I'm longing to be free of the, of the struggles in this world if you've ever struggled with stuff in this world with brokenness, in relationships or in your, in your own wrestling with yourself then you know that you like. You long to be done away with that but the danger is that we go, okay well I'll wait here Until that comes. And coming to Jesus gives me a ticket to that. Isn't that amazing? But actually, that's not what Jesus invites us to do. He invites us into this place. Recognising that we are still very much in the present world. Celebrating the breaking of his kingdom and sin. We celebrate people finding wholeness and freedom. And what he does is he invites us to start to experience this type of life now as we follow Jesus. It's not that we just get, get on with what we're doing and wait for this thing to come. It's no, following Jesus now gives us a taste of that so that when we get to that next age there is some fullness there so we can walk into it. Spoken a lot. What I've tried to do is paint a picture for you to open up your mind to go ahead and just a real place. <laughs> but it's probably open up a whole lot of questions to it as well. So I, I just want to kind of open it up now. If you have questions that are kind of burning, then ask them. And I may or may not answer them, they might not be answered. <laughs> but do you have, do you have questions? One question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so just to clarify, so the new earth that's physical, right? But then is the current heaven that we have now? Is that also physical? This? Like, yeah, yes. So that comes down to here. Okay, so it's all physical. So, it's all physical. So the idea is that we think of spiritual as without form, without weight, without um, b- body. And what the picture actually is, is that they join to one. And we experience in a physical place. Yeah. So it's physical in a different way probably to we understand physical. So it's not exactly the same, but it, yes, tangible, You know what I mean? That term. So they saw have God's throne room, it's, uh, it's not clear, but they saw the future as physical, yeah. So that's the picture of the banquet or the bride, the, the wedding party. It's a very real, tangible experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there like a... Would there be like a sense of time? I mean, you're going there forever, right? And I don't know, just... Yeah, great question. I don't, I don't know me? the answer. Um... Yep. So, um, I probably want to look at what you see it later. Yeah. But it's a, it's a complicated question. It's a brilliant question. And it's one I think we should wrestle with. But we don't actually know the answer from what I've presented with. Yeah. But why? like a good question. I like the saying. Yeah. Able, Do we, uh, uh, I love that question. Do we have the same feelings with people on earth as we have in heaven? My thinking is yes. Okay. So, and where I get that going is that relationship is the thing that this world is all about. And it's the thing that makes this world so broken. That's the primary thing that Jesus comes to fix. And so our relationships is, is actually what makes us think it's what makes us human on you know, earth, you connect with people that, that's what makes us human and so um, I would say I can't imagine a heaven without relationships in the centre because God is all about inviting us into his relationship in the trinity so, yes. um, I can imagine that all these thousands of, after all these thousands of years that so many people now are in heaven um, so Um, and God wants everyone to connect with him so God will be with everyone does this mean we'll have multiple presences not loyal but like multiple presences everywhere Yep. so the question is will God have multiple presences in heaven if he's going to be everywhere Um, another great brilliant question I like the way you're, you're thinking so when we think of God's presence, we're actually thinking about His goodness. So when He makes the earth, He expresses His goodness. We're seeing love as a primary expression of that. And we've, when we talk about the presence now, it's about His power, it's His spirit. Um, and so, will He have multiple presences? Well, is there multiple loves? No, it's all expression of who God is. Um, we don't, we don't know how God works. He doesn't work in the same way as us. He's different to us. We're a reflection of him. So, great question. I'm going to mm-hmm. Any other questions? I can, I can sense one down here. Yeah, to, go to um, How do I get your head around, like, forever? Because, like, heaven says, he says that heaven lasts forever. Yeah, so the idea of forever—it's an interesting one again in the, in the Jewish conception of forever or eternity as we think of it. It's actually just—it it actually is just talking about beyond the current horizon. So it doesn't mean infinity in in that sense. It just means beyond what we can currently see. And the idea is actually where we are most present with God is right in the here and now. And so we will enjoy the here and now more. How long that lasts for was just always here and now. It's always in the now. Um, It's yeah. So it's it's not like think because some of us go heaven. I don't want to sit and play a harp and sing for forever. That sounds boring. (laughs) But actually, it's no. What do you enjoy? What what brings you fullness? That's what the experience of heaven is. is God's goodness poured out upon us and us enjoying him forever. And so this picture of worship is just actually about us enjoying God. So whatever way we do that now, we will, are we part of it? Good question. Yep. So are you saying that heaven doesn't last forever? No, I'm not saying heaven doesn't last forever. I'm saying that forever is a question of time and we don't know the time to answer so when we say forever, we're talking about time. And um, it's a much more complicated question. Time's, time's made up concept. on Earth. It's a made-up concept based on the sun, of the stars, light. And so God will be our everlasting light, we're told. This one is no more. And God comes to the center of everything. Gives us life and light. And how that works, how that works. Yep. It's kind of like, um, so it's like the end of the Matrix trilogy, internal of the Sounds like that. <laughs> 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 as well as yeah. um, when someone dies mm. and they believe in Jesus, do they go to that heaven up there or that heaven over there? Again, the answer is we don't know. So we got Jesus on the cross, for <laughs> example. know all the answers. Lips, 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 truffle. Truffle. <laughs> Luke's gospel says to the thief, you remember it, this story? The thief on the cross turns to Jesus and one of them is paying him out and saying, You deserve it, like, take yourself down from here. The other one turns and says, No, this guy's in the right, like, why are you having a go at him? And Jesus turns to that man and says, tell you today you'll be with me in paradise. What does that mean? All we can know that it means is that he will be in God's presence. No is the back of the thing. And what so if we think of it what's heaven primarily about? It's about presence. Yeah, about about <laughs> so yeah, is yeah, it a, 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 a continua <laughs> no. no. yep. is it continuation with your stuff? No. That heaven are yeah, um, better, better than the heaven that's currently Is this heaven better than that <laughs> heaven? No. no. no So the reason why this, he could say this heaven is better is because we experience it. So it's the same as this. So that heaven, that, and we, we come, come in to experience that as part of my presence. Yep. Will there still be another heaven, you mean? No, that, we're, we're, the picture in the Bible is of the old heavens. And the old earth will pass away. And so God creates a new heaven and a new earth. I'm just see so these are all questions you kinda of go, how does it all work? Like and the the answer is we don't really nice?" Now we're starting to think and have questions from good and then somehow kind of just I guess get kicked out of heaven. Yeah. can you like go to the all in your Yeah, good question. So can you get kicked out of heaven? Um what happens when we um, go to heaven, we actually, it actually happens because of desire. So the way that God builds us, builds us internally is about our desire and what we desire. And he, when we become Christians, give us a desire for Him. And so actually, once we're here, we're desiring the things of God, there's, there's, no, there's no sin, there's no brokenness. And so we would never leave heaven. C.S. Lewis talks about in this picture of the, the um, great divorce as kind of as, this, as heaven being all about being near God's presence and hell being about being as far away as possible from God's presence. And so if you want to come to God in His presence, then that's heaven. That's where. It be. Okay, we might just do one or two. We'll do these two questions and then we'll... Wrap up. You first. Do you think there's time in heaven, do you think it's just, like, timeless? Time in heaven again, don't yeah. know. Um, will Jesus come in, like, our greatest need, or will he just come randomly? When will Jesus come back? That's yeah. the question? Can can have, like, will he come, what he'll yeah. most, or will he, like, oh, what's he? Oh. He says he'll come like a thief in the night. In the night. In that, yeah. okay. that means we have no idea when he'll come. And some some people will be taken like by surprise, like a thief. And some of us will be prepared and ready. And does Jesus does God respond Jesus comes in response to need? I don't think so. Because it's not what we see in this world at the moment. What Jesus and what God responds to is faith. And he asks us to to trust him, to look to him in faith, and we... Response to that in our know, world, so I expect that no one comes come to you just because we need them to. All right, let's stand up together. I want to pray for you guys. Oh, oh, oh. All right, we're just gonna. Oh, yeah. I just gonna pray. Um, why don't you just do whatever you do when you want to pray? When you want to be before God, you might want to put your hands out to see, listen to him or just make yourself comfortable and yeah. Father we want to come before you as your children who, who want to know you who want your presence to be here with us <laughs> on earth and we pray that prayer our Father in heaven, may you be praised for the God for, for, for the one who rules over everything And may your kingdom, the one in heaven, come to earth. May your will be done. What you want to be done, be done here on earth, just as it is currently done in heaven. Father, we ask that you would give us an imagination for that future, that you would give us a longing for our true home. But when things aren't right in our lives, and some of us here are experiencing brokenness and difficulty and disappointment and pain, and tears and sadness that you say will one day be wiped away. And Father, we long for that day when they're wiped away. But in this current reality which we find ourselves in, would you, would you bring in that joy? Would you bring in that expression of love? Would you bring in that, that, that fullness, that glory, that weightiness so that we can have glimpses of it and... And celebrate those glimpses. Would you give us experiences of joy that give us longing to taste it fully one day when you return? Father, allow us to live now fully free in your presence. Thank you for the access to you now in your presence. You ask that we would know that presence that we will one day fully live in. May that bring full life to those who we live with, who are around us, who encounter us, who come across us. And may you use us to point others to this future reality. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. If you want to chat, first free. Thank you. What do you think? Oh, I One of just the past. Past i I don't know the answer. You don't know the answer either. Yeah. of Yeah. good. One of those things. It's like got so much misinformation kind of floating around in our culture. Yeah. Sort of weird. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Greek and Roman concepts yeah. of heaven. Yeah. <laughs> m- mushed in with yeah the exactly concept. Yeah. And the yeah. problem is, we take all those other pictures, which have some truth to them, mm. and make them it. Cool. Cool. Is that your last bit, or are you sticking around tonight? I'm um, doing giving talks tonight. Nice, important. Man, it a short one. Yeah. and I couldn't give any answers. Yes, great, that's yeah, sweet, that's the way to do this. Still, still recording. Oh, oh yep. great. Hey, yeah great. How you doing? Yeah, how do you do that? Good. Are you hanging around? Yeah, doing giving talk to oh, me. Oh, you are?